professional. Jimmy Savile never did that. He just fucking knocked me. Really? So, so, Straight so. in. No foreplay. Leon Britton now. You're uh, surprised. It says it in the Daily Mirror, so it let's must not, be true. Right. Let's not talk about this yeah. shit because everybody knows. Right, John. Cheers. So it's Sunday the, Sunday the 8th of March. It's the Gravity Club podcast. We're in the Comedy Cafe Theatre. In Shoreditch. Rock in Shoreditch. and Roll. Shoreditch. Address? Address? Oh, 66 to 68 Rivington Street. Operator standing by now. Off Highway 101. Turn left to Joe's Boat and Ski. Lollipops for the kids. You can't miss out. With, with me, no. uh, John Fleming, Kate Copstick, and that was Noel Faulkner, who owns the comedy uh, cafe bar. How long have you owned it? Uh, 25 years this year. We're having huge celebrations. Are no, you? Can we come? No famous comics are playing the club because they're all too busy counting their feckin' money. Bastards. Good luck to them. Well, good luck to them. Because you started millions of the bastards, didn't you? Well, let's put it this way. I helped pay the rent for a, a lot of them. Um, a couple have offered, but you know, they're such a nice guy, you think, I, re- you, I, I don't really want to take you away from your wife and family, uh, just to come down to my... Or indeed, anybody's wife. Anybody's I wife. I know what comics are like. Yeah. <laughs> so... Uh, well, name names, because the people that started here. Oh. Jesus, name somebody who didn't. Well... Joe Brand didn't start here, but she played her. Mm-hmm. But Joe's a sweetheart. She's a generous woman. I never ask her for favours because everybody begs her and she turns up for everything. She's a decent person. But you also had an agency, didn't you? I had an agency. We managed some very good acts, uh, which I discovered. Uh, Jimmy, what's his name? Um, Uh, Logan? Jimmy Uh, Durante. Yeah, no, it begins with a C. Car. Car, that's it. That's it. Uh, Jimmy Car, but Daniel Kitson, who was a sweetheart. Did you just... Really? Yeah. And he stops by every Friday religiously. Uh, no, I haven't seen him in 20 years. Yeah. Is, he, is he Jewish? What was he like when he was a baby baby? Was he always like Daniel Kitson? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So but how did he ever get like an open spot? Because a Daniel Kitson type comic is going to die well, because on Mr. his ginger little arms, Mr. isn't he? Mr. Faulkner does have a lot of compassion for the less... Uh, those with less social skills. Uh, due to the fact uh, that I had Tourette's, I can spot somebody who's got social difficulties, so my heart goes out. Well, isn't that most common? Then we put, no, they're just cunts. Uh. But then we put Daniel on stage, and he was brilliant. And he's a sweet man. I mean, when I do meet him, he's very gracious, and he's very sweet. And I love the fact he doesn't need agents or anybody to count his money. Mm. He does it all himself. But he's he's a legend. He will he will be the Port Laureate of Britain one day, you know. But more importantly, is he going to come and do your twenty fifth anniversary? I haven't even asked him. You send emails. You don't. Daniel, you're being asked. Well, he's not watching this. This is the Grouchy Club podcast. He's probably he's probably busy writing some great show that he won't send me front row seat tickets. Do you go and see all his shows? Uh, No, no. But I do see some. I try. They're usually sold out. You know, I don't like to take advantage of friendship and well, because they're always being pestered. Sorry. And um, and famously, of course, away from me now. famously, of course, the stand is not generous with its free seats. I think you'll back me up on that, John. I think I will. The stand's not very generous with anything, in fact. Well, mm. how many seats does the stand have? It's a well, loads of them now. Well, it's this mis- mistitled then, isn't it? What it's do you mean? The stand. Which stand? The one in any of the stands. There's well, dozens of venues. Only got a hundred seats. 
they're going to give away four seats, you know, at 15 quid a head. But, you know. I, but I, I think the stand are basically dishonest because they, they're called the stand and they have seats. That's dishonesty, yeah. isn't it? Trade Descriptions Act. Yeah. But you, you used to be able to stand. Don't worry, we'll be getting real jokes later. Mm. But you used to be able to stand at the stand, didn't you? Yeah. You know, one thing I about stand-up stand. comedy is that if the audience is standing, there's no comedy because people can't relax. Yeah. Well, let's, right. let's not publicise second it's like class. Having yeah. sit, standing up watching comedy is like sitting down and trying to have sex. I've had very good sex sitting down. Exactly. We don't want to talk about that. It depends who's sitting down. I mean, like, for example... We, we know, you, yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, just, it was just... Honestly, you know, you, they all want to touch me. It was just... It was just I, I felt it was a disingenuous simile that begged to be corrected. And I'm big into correction. Well, well Tim Renkill... Tim Renkill has a lovely gag. Because uh, uh, he's cerebral palsy. Really? I hadn't noticed. <laughs> Good grief. You heard it first here. People. Don't tell Tim. He'll be upset. <laughs> right? He just thinks it's the cheap cocaine I pay him with. Right. Uh, but he does a lovely one. He pretends to fall and he goes, I've got the comedy part down, but not the stand-up. And it, it is, hey, it's a lovely gag. Hey. Uh, the nice thing about Tim is uh, you don't have to give him a, a gig because you feel compassion about his disability. You give him a gig, you know, he nails the rule. Yeah. But I love to watch the audience when he goes on stage, assisted. Yeah. And you see them going, you know, they do that, mm. Britain doesn't have talent, look at each other, you know. And then he goes, and, and first, you have to tune in because his voice is slightly distorted. And then two seconds later, he cracks the first joke and they go, oh. And then the second, oh, he's funny. And then all of a sudden, he doesn't have a disability. Now, the first time I saw him, he was doing... I, in my memory, it's Pete Johansson, but it might not have been. It was a comic, and Tim did ten minutes at the top of his show, and it was in what I refer to as our room at the counting house, the, the little lounge in the counting house, so tiny. Um, and, uh, sorry, I just can't remember. Anyway, it was a comic. Tim did ten minutes at, at the top, and you could even see when people were coming in, and there was Tim, you know, twitching and flailing in the front row, and a lot of people desperate not to sit beside him. Yeah. Imagine their well, horror he when he actually it. got up on the stage uh, with great difficulty. And it is, you can see that, that kind of, oh my God, I didn't know it was going to be like, didn't say this on the, on the ticket. And then, as you say, he's just such Well, then he awesome pulls it comic. away because you go, oh, of course, it's natural response. That, you know. And I, I think that is, um, it's the same with female comics. You know, they're invited on stage, you can see the whole room going, oh, fuck's sake, it's going to be tampons and my boyfriend. And then they have got to pull the room back. And that is just the way well, if things they got the are. They pull well, exactly, back. exactly. But there's an awful lot of them sit around moaning because there is a kind of a, in the room, in some clubs, at some time. Well, yeah. And if you're good, you pull it back and people go, fantastic. Yeah. But you yeah. notoriously don't like female comics, if you said. I don't like bad comics. I don't, I don't like... I agree with you. I don't like bad comics. I don't like obvious comics. I don't like comics... You know, Tim, for example, doesn't... He, he could do eight hours straight on the cerebral palsy thing. Uh, but he doesn't. He just talks about life 
uh, you know, happening to have CP. But, but, now, but listen, listen. If Zoe Lyons goes on stage, bang, two seconds, I've seen her destroy wankers, mm. where, where yeah. some comics go, I'm not going on to these bastards. You know, bam, two things, group, and you're not looking at somebody for their sexuality, you're listening. We're, we're there to hear the gags. And then if it's from a woman's perspective or a minority's perspective, that gives it a hook of some sort, or it's funny to hear their perspective. Uh, so uh, good comics are good and bad comics are bad. Um, the problem is that there's a scarcity of good female comics, so a lot of weaker female comics get right through to television because they're afraid of being called uh, uh, sexist. And as a result, uh, we see some very weak females on television, and that does a lot of damage. This is the Andrew and there's nothing, there's nothing sexist, more sexist, than booking somebody yeah. because of their sex. Yeah. If I'm booking you because you're a female and you're not up to it, then that's been sexist. You know, but tell that to a lot of people who hate me. You know. <laughs> but no, that's absolutely, absolutely right. And also, uh, w women who are, some women who are like, minorly funny in any way, and this is the Andrew Lawrence point, are being booked to go on panel shows now because panel shows are running shit scared yeah. of not having at least, you know, one cripple, one lesbian, yes. you know, two ethnic minorities and a spaceman. Um, I'm still waiting to get booked for the lesbian spot. And, um, mm, uh, yeah. mm, well, you see... You, 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 you play the Tourette's card. Oh, mind you, they'd be terrified of that as well, in case you said, fucking wrong place. Um, <laughs> That'd be only when they, when they tell me what they're paying me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they, they say, oh, uh, this person, this person of the female persuasion has once written something vaguely funny in a column somewhere. Let's call her a female comic and we'll get her on Have I Got the Buzzcocks for 8 Out of 10 Cats. Yeah. Yeah, it's... You know, look, there's a lot of good female comics, but I've seen a lot of bitterness well, from yeah. comics of all sides. But I've had more run-in with females mm. than males. Because mm. the males go, well, i got to let it go, because if I tell the guy where it's at, you know, then he's never going to book me. Mm. Who's going to book with somebody who argues? But, and I've had people twist my words. You know, I said to one girl, I said, you should, expose, you know, you should be more feminine. You're an attractive woman, be more feminine on stage. Mm. You know, of course, it was thrown back in my face later in an email when I wasn't giving them a 20 minute booking that I told them that they had to be sexier. Uh, <laughs> think I'm that fucking stupid? Yeah. Think I'm that to, to say, oh, this, I've had, I've had three in the last two years really rude females, right? And I've only had one nutter guy who never even got to the club. His email was so rude. But what's the difference between being uh, um, sexually attractive and being feminine? <gasps> John, watch your mouth out! Well, You're just a, saying that to be provocative. That's a matter of what? That's a matter of taste. What is? Well, what's the, you asked the question was, what's the difference between sexually attractive and feminine? Yeah. Well, you were saying be more feminine. Than yeah. She was complaining about being more yeah. sexually attractive. Some girls that are very attractive dress down and say, well, I don't want men looking at me for my body and want them to hear my voice which is great. Well, do radio. But I said the same thing. I said, a guy said, look, you look like the guy who just delivered the ice. Could you, like, wear a clean shirt? Mm -hmm. It's show business, folks. The business of showing. When yeah. you're on stage, it's 90% show, 10% business. When you're off stage, 90% business, 10% show. Get that into your thick skulls. And if you wonder why, I haven't asked you back. Have we lost your thing? And 
you, you come here in a dirty, smelly T-shirt or mm. greasy hair. You know, everybody mm. in the audience has dressed themselves up for the night. They're all looking beautiful. Yep. And then you put on this squeezy guy and they go, you charged me 15 quid to see yeah. this guy? Yeah. Because it also looks like they don't give a shit. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it's about, you know, if you're going, it, it, it's about it, in the register of your attitude to the people that you're going to see. If you were going to see prospective in-laws, you know, you'd presumably smarten yourself up a bit, you're going to a business meeting, you'd wear something. But if you're from going Liverpool, to a, you're going to court. Exactly. What do you call a man in a <laughs> shirt and tie, the accused? Um, yes, you heard the cliches here, folks. But the other thing I, that irritates me, and you get it a lot, I don't know why I'm on Facebook, because it just irritates me, uh, is the thing of, oh, somebody said, you know, you you. They, didn't, they had two female comics on the bill, they didn't want a third. Well, if you're doing a really mixed bill, if you already had two very heavily political comics, you probably wouldn't book a third. If you yeah. had two yeah, guys who only do tunnels, yeah. you wouldn't want a, a third. No, that's why you it's, always have to see the material. You mix it up, it's like making a bloody yeah. salad. You know, you say, how many colours have I got in this salad, right? And when you're... I'm not sure you're allowed to say colour. No, <laughs> this was a salad. Right, That's, the salad. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's the word so, color. Though. So if you're having a ethnic salad, oh, this is really yeah. yeah we mm. are in shortage, you know. I know. Yeah, I yeah. Know. Completely white, yeah. as far as and, I can and see. And shortage is derived from the Latin word meaning twat with a beard and skinny trousers. Uh, yeah, That's yeah. Where you can it comes see that. From. You can yeah. see yeah. that, and it's incredible that the area has hardly changed at all. Oh, it's it's just wonderful. It's full of. Let's not do the shortage no. thing. No, no, let's not. Because you've got to live. You've got to do business here. I don't give a fuck about them. They can all fuck. You can all fuck off. <laughs> and what's, I, the, what's the business like? Because everyone keeps complaining about the business and comedy. Well, going we're down. into rock and roll and music and DJs. Uh, the comedy is really struggling. Is you know? it? Yeah. yeah. Even here. Oh yeah. Which yeah. is, uh, you know, I'm not blowing smoke up your arse yet, but I promise I will later. It's part um, of the contract. It's uh, it's pretty much an iconic. Then you. I know, we've been here 25 years, but the business is really suffering. And why do you think that is? Um, you're putting on shit comics because no. you're being pressured into it. No, the no, going, no. The you going you on don't on pressure me to put on a shit comic. <laughs> I do. Now, the thing I've lost is my Thursday nights because there's no audience, so we don't run Thursday. Wow. Right. So, uh, that was a great night where up and comings, I could encourage them and give them 10 minute spots in the middle and give them some fair, decent money. And we can't get that going now. So... Because, I mean, I have a theory that, and of course it's right, because it's my course, theory, yeah, yeah. Uh, that once upon a time, they, you know, when, when alternative comedy kind of started, the audience was quite small and everyone knew it was quite small and there was a small number of uh, really good clubs and the people who came to see the comedy were comedy fans. Yeah. Now, and so they would come and watch newbies and people trying out. I remember seeing George Egg here. Unbelievable. Fabulous. Um, uh, amongst loads of other wonderful, strange, fantastic uh, comics with, with different types of comedy. Now, comedy has become this kind of hideous, amorphous industry. And uh, so there's an awful lot of not very good people kicking We've around with an awful lot of not very good clubs, and people are seeing it on telly, so the, the, the big audience is not a comedy audience, it's a telly audience, and they don't want to see comedy, they want to see someone they've seen on telly. 
the other thing that's happened. Uh, I'll take that. The as recession. An I yes, I yeah. agree totally with, with what you've said. Um, the recession hit in, and when the recession hit in, we um, people didn't have money, and all of a sudden plasma screen TVs got very cheap, and everybody had one and thought, wow, look at this, we've got our big cinema in home. You plug it into your stereo, you got surround sound. So that ate up a lot of showtime. Yeah. And while you're watching the, 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 the glass god, you know, mm. um, uh, all the talking head comics are on there. Yeah, yeah. And eventually, because so television people go, is why so should hungry. I, why should I go out? And people like to go to the O2 arena and sit why? there and watch somebody on a big screen. screen. And go to work Monday and say, "Yeah, we saw him off the telly. Always, oh, always oh, amazing when you saw him live. I oh, was just amazing, and it's gruesome. And I love a lot of the people who do those big arenas, but I really think they've really hacked the, the trunk of, of comedy. Whereas they used to go to the West End and they do thirty nights. Yes, you know. Now they do two thousand or five thousand people. You know." Right, like the Apollo, I think that's yep. 4,000 or something. You know, and it's like, oh, this is great, and he's there, and we can see him, you know. And they cut all that out, and it's like, yeah, we're going to put 60,000 people in two mm. nights. That's it, my tour is done. Mm. And that's, take, that's like the magician doing Wembley, you know. And, and you go, I couldn't really see him pull the mouse out of the hat or the pigeon exactly. out of his jacket. You know? I mean, stand-up comedy, I think, is quite an in... Uh, in the its alternative form uh, is is an intimate art form. It's an intimate craft. It's about seeing the whites of the eyes and feeling the the spit of their vehemence yeah. on well, your brow. The whole thing when he does pick on somebody five rows in, you kind of can see the yeah. person and the people around them. Uh, but I, I, to get back, why is t comedy died? Um, too much exposure on television, too many talking heads, to the point where people are irritated. Yep. You know, um, you can't blame any comic for taking the gig. The mortgage is paid if he gets if he gets two years out of television. You know, yeah, the mortgage can't is paid. You, can't you? Because again, but you can blame them for doing the the O2. And I yes. think I think I I think it's it's poor vision, poor sight, and I think it must feel. I don't know. You you kind of feel like you're ripping them off. It oh, you must, have to. You know, and, and some close friends play it. You know, there are people who have been very nice to me. You know, they won't see this anyway. But there are, there are the, the comics, the stand-ups, who, who came up and even, and all the way, you could see they were showmen. The, the yeah. show, you know, the, the, the Michael McIntyres. These are the jokes, folks. Absolutely brilliant. I mean, perfection at what he does. Michael McIntyre, when I saw him... I've never actually seen him. But anyway. Oh, my God, he's just... When I, all the times I saw him in tiny, tiny rooms, he's just like he is now. He is a showman comic. He, if anybody, would fit in an arena on a big stage because it's about the show. But there are so many other comics who have come up with the, uh, I really mean what I say, this is personal stuff, hey, I'm just like you. No, you're not fucking just like me. If you've just charged me 75 quid for a ticket and you're on a screen at the side of you on the stage at the O2, you're not fucking like me, so stop doing jokes that say you're just like me because you're fucking not. Yeah, well, it's mainly because they got the purest cocaine and we don't. Uh, so You don't? No, no, no. No. Oh, I don't. I mean, I, th I think the 
There's I, nobody has improved. Baking soda in mine. Really? Yeah. Uh, so teething crazy. powder. I was a baby teething powder because it gives you that numb feeling. But you know, so you so you can imagine. And we're not sharing okay. with the listeners. No, we've got yeah. bags of cocaine here, and you can all bugger off. Weren't you one of the ten most wanted men in America? Uh, Good God! I was, I was on the, on the t- uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Why was that, Noel? Tell us. Um, I was, I am, um, I, I, I uh, well, I, I, I think, I think he's floundering. Right. Um, Spit it out. I'm a very good sailor. Right. Right. <laughs> and good sailors are hard to come by if you're, if you need people to smuggle. So I was approached to smuggle uh, ah. marijuana. They asked me. Marijuana. To, yeah. They asked me to run coke from Colombia, but I wouldn't do it because with cocaine, every for every line of cocaine you've snorted, somebody's been murdered. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't fancy getting murdered off the coast of Colombia because somebody said that boat's got a load of coke in it. Or coming into San Francisco, I had a mate who had a boat who never came back. Shit. And we knew he was on the way up from the coast. And we never saw him, and he didn't hit the storm. He was way behind the storm. It passed, and he never came in. So we figured somebody met him on the way in, and him, the boat, everything went to the bottom. I think there should be fair trade cocaine. Fair trade cocaine. Actually, cocaine is the shittiest drug going. Really? You're a babbling idiot at four o'clock in the morning, you need more coke, and you're phoning up somebody you met in a public toilet about... (laughs) Two years ago, oh, right? <laughs> who was your best friend because you're bored off your tits and coke, and he's going, Wow, well, hello, who? Who? Good fuck off. You know, it's, it's it, and the thing about, see, the thing about other drugs is you get high and you go up and you come down, it's nice. But coke, you get high and at the beginning it's great, and then it's like there's nowhere else to go. And if you're having sex uh, with cocaine, oh, coke, di- right, dreadful. Uh, it's great at the beginning, right? Uh, and particularly for a man, but you can't orgasm. Mm-hmm. And then if you've done a lot of coke, you know, you just, well, you're a spare prick in a whore, as to put it bluntly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but having Tourette's, I don't eat cocaine because uh, it's like being on coke all the time. Really? Very, oh, yeah. Oh, per- per- that. Yeah, permanently speedy and quick thinking, like, if you breathe heavily on me, could I catch it? <laughs> you have to be lying down. Okay. <laughs> and then you will get the clap. <laughs> <laughs> So there you were, not smuggling coke, but smuggling marijuana. Smuggling weed, yeah. Mm. And uh, uh, one of the... We didn't get busted, but the guys we were working for got done. Mm. Uh, we brought in four tons and everything was all right. Wow! Uh, oh, it gets better. And my mates, uh, about six months later, they said, do you want to offload a boat tomorrow night? And the boat was a big old uh, cabin cruiser. And it was Roosevelt's yacht. Can hell. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and after Roosevelt owned it, Elvis had bought it. Right? <sighs> right. But we're talking 1960, so it was a piece of old crap. Right. But in the 60s, it would have been a luxury Bits of half-eaten yeah. burger all over the place. But they were offloading downtown San Francisco onto one of the piers. And they had some, uh, three semi-trucks sitting there waiting. Right? And they, they said to me, um, do you want to come and offload uh, uh, a, a boat tomorrow night? Give us a hand. You know, and I said, nah, I'm okay. You know, I said, oh, please, you know, there's 10 grand in it for you. And I said, no. And lo and behold, they got busted because there was a snitch wow. working inside. Uh, yeah, one thing about the American uh, 
criminals is they'd all snitch their grandmother, as you probably know from looking at uh, Sopranos and all that, mm. based on true back stories. Uh, yeah, very snitchy, horrible people. Uh, not the American people. I love, I love Americans, but <laughs> the people outside the law, no backbone. Mm. Unlike the British? Uh, I don't know. I never, well, I never dealt drugs in this country. Uh, I, was, I was never a drug dealer. I was a smuggler. Very proud of the fact. So a long story short, I got indicted, and I was on what they call the lamb. That means you're on the run. So I was living in New York City, and um, it, uh, uh, I didn't have to drive a car there, so you don't get pulled over. And New York City is a great place to hide because there's 12 million people there at lunchtime. I was one of them. Stick to the facts, man. Stick to the facts. So, and then uh, finally turned myself in, and I got off with a five-year suspended sentence, $5,000 fine, five years probation. But uh, then I left the country, and when I tried to come back in, they told me to piss off. So, so you permanently banned from... Uh, uh, until I, if I write to the embassy and appeal to them. Uh, but you know what? With what you see police doing to people mm. in America, uh, I'm not keen to go back there. I have some lovely friends there. And I think Americans, American people, the backbone, they really are decent people, but they should be. They're all from Europe. <laughs> <laughs> and Africa. This, this and true. now India. When <laughs> I, I left uh, America early 90s, there was no Asian people. Seriously, you would, you would see students. But there was none. And now you go back and, and by God, do they move fast and they got all the, uh, the chemist shops, drug stores. Never knew why they call them drug stores. That really threw me. But, <laughs> How disappointing when you go in. Yes. <laughs> uh, but, you know, now uh, it's, it's, it's amazing. It's, it's a great melting pot. Mm. But it's karma. It's going to be a terrible country. Mm. Would you legalise all drugs? Um... I would decriminalize them, which okay. means we need control. Here, right, here's, this is a great argument. Here's our problem. <clears throat> right. Uh, in, when we were growing up, because we're all in our late 20s. Yep, very late. John, yeah. yeah. Uh, all the food we basically ate was organic, because they yep. weren't spraying insecticides. Insecticides came in in the 60s. So we were raised, I mean, a donkey and cart brought the milk to our front door. And we lived in a town in the west of Ireland, Galway. And a donkey and cart brought the milk to the front door. And donkey's milk is beautiful. Mm. <laughs> but uh, uh, everything was organic. And then the supermarkets came in, right? Yep. And the supermarkets started making mass-produced food. And all of a sudden they went, well, when we make this stuff, it doesn't last long enough in the back mm -hmm. of a truck, so we have to add all this shit. Yep. So all our food is poisoned with chemicals. And this is why we've got all the cancer and all the other things. We're really in big trouble because our food is completely poisoned by mass production. And that's because major corporations are licensed and allowed to put all that crap. I mean, I mean they, 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 they put ethanol, not ethanol, that stuff for cleaning your nails. Mm. That's in a lot of candy. Oh, oh just stuff that is in. Doesn't do any, yeah. No, it's the legal amount. The government, oh, well, this amount won't kill you. Yeah. Well, of course, if you need a packet of this every day, yeah, it'll take 10 years off your life, you know. Mm. So, uh, 
So the supermarkets have cut all the food with garbage to bulk it. All the, uh, the factory processed chicken is injected with water and uh, antibiotics, right? So when you take antibiotics, when you really need them, they don't fucking work because you become immune because you're eating so much crap, right, in your meat. You have to go organic for your meat. Now, if we legalize drugs where companies could manufacture them, this is the point, you would be snorting real shit. Whatever about the guy in the alleyway, he's just cut it with baking soda. They, people don't fucking go out and go, uh, do you want baby laxative or rat poisoning? Oh, no, I'll cut it with rat poisoning because I want it. No, but that's bullshit, right? It's like super skunk. There is, that's bullshit, right? There is a higher grade of marijuana, but this thing, super skunk, lawyers put that there to get their scallywag kids, right, off going to jail because, oh, well, they were smoking pot, but they didn't know it was super pot, so that's why they beat the hell out of their girlfriends or something. This is all bullshit. And there was a thing with Jon Snow on television the other time. Oh, God. Right. What a load of crap. Jeez. You know, nobody wants to smoke pot in the hospital room. Of course you're going to feel like shit. You're supposed to smoke pot sitting beside a gorgeous girl with Pink Floyd playing and... You Next know, week, he's apparently doing a programme where he drinks a bottle of whiskey and discovers that you get drunk. <laughs> so, just to cap that off, mm. that's the danger we have with drugs, uh, or with, uh, if we legalise them. Yeah, you can imagine but Tesco if we de saver cocaine. Yeah, if we decriminalise <laughs> and keep the major uh, criminal uh, corporations out of there, right, because corporate, they're fascists, right? Mm. Uh, uh, that's what the corporations are. So we would really have bad drugs. They would be spraying yep. shit on the marijuana to make it look like, you know, the sugar mm. that, that's on marijuana mm. when, when it grows. That's the THC and you can see it visually and under a magnifying glass. They'd be spraying artificial that. They'd be bulking it up. They would be up to all sorts of tricks and you would really be smoking a lot of crap. So we can't let that happen. Uh, medical marijuana, of course, and the one thing we must do, if I had a choice tomorrow and you'd say, can we bring back hemp onto the planet? You're never going to get any more marijuana again. But hemp, because hemp is marijuana without the THC, the high. It's got over 40 different byproducts. One of them is plastic. Woo! No oil. Plastic out of hemp. And then, of course, traditionally rope, paper, yeah. clothing. But the byproducts from hemp. But it was the major corporations, DuPont, who was making plastic. Went, no, no, keep the hemp laws illegal. It's, just look up the history of it. It's all there on the internet. And it's a load of bollocks, so it is. So decriminalize, so we can't, we can't be sending people to jail. Yep. Uh, and, and, you know, it's a little more lenient in England. Uh, they don't throw the book at you straight away because the cops, you know, we have the police force here in shortage. And boy, they are amazing. Really? Yeah. Amazing yeah. good or amazing yes. bad? Amazing good. Oh. They just go, we want to catch this guy. He's really stealing a lot. You know, we love CC photographs. Yep. And they work their bollocks off trying to track these people down. And, and they go, look, we're not pulling this guy in for smoking pot. Like, we can't. It's three hours us in the police station. It's Saturday night. Yep. We can't be wasted. So they, they really make positive decisions. And Excellent. when somebody's drunk and being a complete asshole, often a cop has said to me, Look, I know he's been rude and he drew a swipe at you, but tomorrow morning he'll be a perfect gentleman. We mm. promise you. We see this all the time. So I always leave it up to the... I say, look, your discretion. This is your department, you know. But if the rest of London's police force is working this hard, we're in very good hands in one way. 
Now, the police on the street hands, they're tied by the superiors, and the superiors' hands are tied by the politicians oh. who don't give a feck. Absolutely. So it's all push and lean from the top. And if you're upset with what a police officer is doing, he doesn't make the law. He enforces them. Go to your MP. That's the man that can change it. Don't give the cop a hard time. Now, like every profession, there's nice people and good people. But in all fairness, and I was once a criminal who worked outside the law, I have to say that uh, the, the English cops, pretty good, right? However, we have a lot of racism, and if you're a black guy and you worked your bollocks off and you got a shiny car, uh, a friend of mine the other day said, oh, I can't have that, here's a... a, a a bulletproof vest. Mm -hmm. He said, oh, I can't have it. It's a, uh, because the bulletproof vests in England are only allowed to protect you from certain type bullets, not the superior bullets that the police use. Oh, my God. So if you're caught, if you're a black man, you're caught with this bulletproof vest in the back of your car, in the trunk, and this guy works in security. Mm -hmm. He says, and he says he wears it often when he gets threatened. The guy goes, I'm coming back. So he goes and puts his belt, his, his vest on. Uh, but... If you're caught with this, it looks like that you're a criminal who's going to go up against the police. Uh, but behind all that is the colour of your feckin' skin. Of course. That's why I wash every day. Mm. Whoever's listening to this, wash, wash, wash. I'm originally from Senegal, but I look Irish. It's incredible. Yeah, yeah. So that's, that's, that's the madness and the greatness and the wonderfulness. Uh, and to cap off shortage, uh, shortage is dying. It's full of twats. We and saw that on the way here. Expensive coffee. Oh! And three pounds for a thimble! Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, exorbitant rents. And uh, it's just a load of old balls. And on the weekend, it's full of tossers, Sharns and Tracys. Sorry to all the Sharns and Tracys listening. But you know what I mean, like, those kind. I'm sorry, common people. We can't have them. Uh, yeah, in the daytime, it's full of. Guys with beards up your ass and skinny jeans photographing dog shit in the gutter because it's amazing. Mm. And I'm, I'm, I'm in design. You wouldn't understand. And we have, you know, we have to have a shortage dress because it's very good for business. And shortage is basically a traffic island, right? Mm. It's just a traffic island. There's nothing beautiful here. There's nothing to see. The only great factor it has is on Curtain Road, was where Shakespeare, after he got kicked out of London City, did the first production of Omelette. Really? Yeah. Yeah, just around the corner. There's a plaque up on the wall, right? So somewhere along there. And it was, one history book says it was called the theatre, and the other say it was called the Curtain Theatre, and that's why it's called Curtain Road. And then on the other side, on, uh, on the... Uh, Wil is Wilton's Music Hall still there? Wilton's Music Hall, yeah, but that's not in Shoreditch. That's down in St. Catherine's Dock. Ah, you're thinking of the Music Hall. No, he's no. gone. He's way down oh. by the airport. I don't know if he's Vince. He's down by the airport. No, that, that's that, that. He, he went years ago. Years ago. Jesus, 15 years ago. Uh, I don't get out to look. The church on the Shoreditch High Street is the church of St. Uh, Clement's. From Orange and Lemons. Yeah, Clement. Bells of St. Clement. So there's a lot of beautiful history. But to live here, you know, we don't have the Chantelis. You know, <laughs> the pavements are too narrow. Yeah. Uh, and and the, the whole place thinks of piss. But that's good, because then blind people know when they're in shortage. Absolutely. So there you are, that's the Grouchy Club. Bit of comedy, bit of crime, and uh, social insight. We talked about comedy, thanks to yeah, Noel. Did we? Change, yeah. yeah, we never did oh, before. you never talk about comedy? Oh, we just get distracted. 
Well, it's these pajamas that they're laughing at. Mmm. So, that's it. Bloody marvelous. I never got to tell them about the time when I was on the cross. 